Hey, what's up? Thanks for tuning in and checking us out. This is our inaugural podcast, Freedom Path episode number one. We got yep. Mr. Dusty Sanders. Say hi. Afternoon, guys. All right. See you soon. Thanks for the invite. Awesome, man. I I appreciate it. Abominable and Dusty Sanders. (laughs) I call you the hardest working man in St. Louis real estate. I don't know about all that, but I'll sure, I sure uh, put forth some effort. That's for sure. (laughs) No, your your energy is definitely uh, something that uh, can't compare. Yeah, I don't sit still a lot. I sit still, I get in trouble. (laughs) Trouble is not good for me. Yeah. Gotta can't have an idle mind, man. Gotta keep moving. I wouldn't know what that was like having an idle mind, yeah. even when it is slowed down, it's still moving. <laughs> You're not, buddy. You're not. So, so we've uh, we've known Dusty a while, <clears throat> Jake. You and I, you guys have been friends for quite a while. Yep. And uh, your main job now is uh, you are a buyer for Faster House, right? I'm an acquisitions guy for Faster House, been there for just under two years, I guess. So, but during those last couple of years, you've had multiple jobs right yeah i've been a paramedic uh, for 15 years i've been on the ambulance almost 20 total i'm a dad of four kids and been a general contractor all the way through to rehabber and now i'm uh, buying houses Man. yeah and i got a, and i got a small pile of rentals small pile of rentals we'll talk about that a little bit for sure wait how much is small 34 doors currently small. as of today would be 35. 34 doors and you bought your first one when uh september 16th or 17th in 2018. No, so, 17. Yeah, 2017. So 17. That's the one floor, right? Yeah. The one I met you two, on? Yep, 295 Paul. Did you sell it? No, no, no. Uh, DJ sold it to him. Okay. Okay. But that's where I, I first met him, was at that house. And uh, he came outside all sandy. And he was like, what's up? <laughs> sandy. Yeah, he was like, he had sawdust on him. He's covered in it. Oh, yeah. yeah I should say sandy. He had sawdust over. He was like, hey, I'm Dusty Sanders. Dusty was, was like, Dusty? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I, looked, I was like, you got a fucking character. Yeah. Hey, cheers, by the way. Cheers, thanks. It's, uh, it's after 12 o'clock. Yeah, you didn't give my butt so luck, buddy. We're going to have a celebratory drink. Oh, give me a drink. Uh, we have a win to celebrate. We just closed a deal earlier today. Yeah, let me, uh, let me. this is different. Uh, yeah, our next rental. Cheers. Cheers. You, uh, you got anything to celebrate today, Justin? Um, probably going to put my 35th rental under under contract here in a couple hours. That's my goal. Nice. That's Number good. 35. Number 35. 35. Where's that one at? St. Peter's. Nice. 63376. Should be a good one. St. Peter's, Missouri. Yes. We are, we are in Missouri for everybody yes. out there. St. Peter's, <laughs> Missouri. We don't know anything about investing on the coast or Texas or anywhere else. We are St. Louis investors. That's so. right. So, do you, are all your rentals about in the same pocket these no. days, or are you? They're within thirty minutes of my personal house. I live in Southern O'Fallon, and they anywhere within thirty minutes of my house. Yeah, so that way I can keep them all in uh, yeah. a manageable area to where I can get to them easily yeah. if I needed to. Yeah, that's pretty much the same thing we're trying to do too. So, 
So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how we got into real estate and everything. You've been in it full time a couple of years now. Jake and I are both about the same. So um, I, I, I'll let you tell a story. I remember but meeting you at Hazelcrest the first time in a yeah, condo. Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, I was buying for another investor in town, and um, that's where I really got my start full time. Mm -hmm. um, but what about you, though? So you I stumbled just jumped in, right into it? or I was doing uh, some rehabs and managing a couple of rehabs for another investor. It's a friend of mine for a couple of years prior to me getting in it on my own. And I uh, was just helping out and swinging hammers and doing a couple of rehabs here and there without knowing particularly, I knew what I was doing, but didn't know exactly the ins and outs and how the business really worked. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to a Faster House meetup in April of 16 and it absolutely just broke me. It broke my mind. I, I, was, <laughs> I was messed up for days. Just couldn't. You're like, I was doing it all wrong. Yeah, I was doing it all wrong. I couldn't believe that I hadn't been doing it for 10 to 15 years prior to that. What was, was, the, what was the difference? What was the change there? Just the way they presented the information and the whole burr concept. Burr. That's something that I had never even heard of before. Do you remember so, what they were talking about that night? The yeah, it was uh, how to, it was your generation or how much each property could generate to then equal passive income and how many properties that you would need to then step away from your full-time job. To get that yeah. freedom number. To get that, that freedom yeah, number. That's exactly. something that fast It's, it's really powerful, yeah. man, when you look at it. Yeah, I still actually have my original notes from that meeting. Yeah. Wow. Still. I've got a box of all the notes from all the seminars and stuff I went to. My wife keeps telling me to get rid of that box. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, don't do that. Done I just that. had the binders from everything. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I would say that yeah. the original notes, they used to be in the side door of my truck, but I moved them into the safe at the house just nice. recently. But you bought a few trucks. Yeah, I've had a yeah. few trucks. I think then. so. When, when I first put Dusty, I was pretty sure he was in like a uh, $30,000 truck, and then he bought a $40,000 <laughs> truck, and then he bought a $50,000 truck. Yeah, like every every, every year and a half, he's buying a new truck, 10 grand above the other yeah. one. I do like my vehicles. Yeah, you do. I do. So, so three years ago, you went to that meetup. You were doing a couple of rehabs. Yep. You were just, these were projects of your friends. They yeah, uh, my, friends, my friends. And then I was kind of, uh, let's say, house hacking my own houses that I was buying. I was buying them. You know, a derelict house. Yeah, live in it, rehab it because I have the skill set to do so. Yeah. Did and you have then, a construction background before? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I started working for a uh, custom home builder as a laborer when I was like, I was probably twelve to fourteen years old. Oh wow. Like little bitty guy. Yeah. You know, anytime that I was after school, I was there at the job site cleaning up. You know, doing labor stuff, and then anytime on the weekends they were working, I was being a laborer. And then the more work that I could get done. Uh, get my regular job done, then I could start learning the other trades that they had going on. So I would hustle. This is why we invited you because we knew that you had all this experience and background. <laughs> so how did you get started? You said 12 to 14 years yeah, old. I was, I was so who introduced you? Uh, my dad was a uh, my dad was a fire chief in, in O'Fallon for right. 35 years, and he was doing all the building inspections. So all the builders were like became close friends of his because that's. They were locals, yeah. so was he, grew up in O'Fallon, and they were all, most of them were locals. So anytime that they needed a little extra grunt work, he would just throw me into it. So I started doing that real young. I can't think of one other 12 or 14 year old doing that type of work. So. Man, mm -hmm. My first job was at McDonald's when I was 15. <laughs> I started, what a thing about real estate, yeah. Yeah, I started working for my, my grandma. I had to be, I was even younger than 12. She owned a, a skating rink in O'Fallon, and I worked there as a grunt you know, for a number of years. And then I started, I've had several of my own businesses, general contracting, uh, I've had two different lawn services, yeah, grown those twice, yeah. sold them off. Okay. Yeah, so I've done a little bit of everything. So at what point did you decide to go the paramedic route? Uh, I knew from the, man, uh, I can remember very specifically, very vividly being with my parents on a 
we were at Mid Rivers Mall in St. Peter's doing like, I don't know, shopping, whatever we were doing. Mm-hmm. And my dad was on call. He was his duty weekend. He was on call and he got a, a 911 call for a multiple vehicle accident 70 and Highway A in Lake St. Louis. Okay. And I remember going out there and watching helicopters flying and picking up patients and flying off. I'm still getting, I'm getting chills talking about it. I've done it forever. And uh, that that moment there, I knew that was what I was going to do. So. And how old were you? Oh, I was young. Really, really young. Getting yeah. chills, just. Yeah. That was, that, so yeah. let's dive into the paramedic thing, because when I first met you, you were. You're, well, first off, you weren't just a paramedic, so that's putting it lightly. You did more than that. You had other qualifications. Yeah. So, so you were, you always had a hard time of finding, well, not finding time, but you worked 48 hour shifts yep. on the bus. Yep, on the ambulance. Yep, and then you also were on the... I was on the SWAT team. I was attached to the regional SWAT team in the area for five years. That's crazy. As well as a paramedic operator. Right. And, uh, you know, had schooling all over the country to get into that spot, and then having the experience behind me allowed me to get an invitation to even try out to get into that position because there's only at that time there's only six of us in the entire St. Louis metro area that had those had that abilities yeah and so you're so you're working 48 hours a week and then you're getting off work uh and then you're you're building your rental portfolio yeah, yeah building my rental portfolio going to working on the house going to work on houses wow. and then being on spot too okay so we i met you 2017 yeah that's when you first called me and that was yep. the strangest call in the world because he just came with so much energy like i'm an introverted guy and i'm pretty mellow me and he just yeah sure <laughs> so Justin just calls me and all of a sudden i'm like oh 66 whatever i'll answer the phone and uh i picked up he's like hey how you doing man i heard you're a wholesale guy house for me and he just like started rambling i was like Dude, who are you? <laughs> I got your phone number from a really good buddy of mine. Yeah, yeah. And it, he just shared me a contact. And I think it, I think the contact just said wholesalers. Mm-hmm. And it had a list like 10 or 20 people in it. And none of them had names attached to them. It just said like home, work, sell, fax, whatever. Just, yeah, yeah. And they were just all numbers. So I just started literally going through the list, cold calling, yeah. trying to dig up houses. No, I know this isn't about me at all. But actually, that was like a happy coincidence because I was just getting into wholesaling at that yeah. point. So I was like... Like how the fuck is our yeah? So, well, yeah. How that <laughs> so you'd had a few houses under your belt. Sounds like before I had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my second one I bought from you, and the third, second, third, second and third. I yeah, thought. yeah. I saw I, whole, I wholesaled him a few. The yeah. one Yaki, Yaki, okay. still have it. It's fantastic. Uh, but he, so I guess what I was trying to get at though is I went a little tangent there is that you were working full time. And I remember you getting off work at like six o'clock in the morning or some crap, and you're on Rooster Booster, and you're taking off to your projects and, yeah. and crap like that. And I'm just thinking, like, holy, this guy's special. Like, so just to, to pause right there. So like, everybody always talks about you got to find out your why when you get in yep. real estate. What were you thinking? You're like, I would be exhausted, just want to go home and bed out. The, the whole concept of sleeping. I always say I'm going to sleep when I'm dead. I just don't enjoy like. Yeah. I can enjoy a good night's sleep, but I don't require it. Yeah. But that's after being on the ambulance forever. Your uh, sleep patterns are so broken that the concept of sleep really isn't a forefront in my mind. Do you so, even circadian rhythm, bro? No. <laughs> I'm sure. No. no. And so I would get up, you know, my why. I learned real quick that night that I was at the Fast Trouse meetup that my why was to do what I want when I want. Yeah. And nobody else tell me that I have to do something when I don't want to do it. So it sounds like you, you enjoyed what you did. Oh, I, love it. I, I still do. I still love it. But you were a slave to that schedule. Yeah. That schedule and the, 
you never, until you live that type of lifestyle, you never understand that sleeping in your own bed at night is a real thing that you want to do or being in your own bed at night. Yeah. Because that's, that's huge. You know, you, uh, 10 day or two days solid out of the month or out of your week, you're away from your family. You're away from your house. You're away from your bed, your comfort zone, everything that you learn and love and live and survive in is like, I go on a two day work vacation once a week. So you had to stay inside of this building inside of this box on a map and you really couldn't wander outside of this, yes. you know, say four or five mile radius. That was your home yeah. for three days. And if your personal house isn't there, you're not going to see it for a couple days. You don't see your kids, you don't see your wife, your friends, you know, et cetera. So that's a different, it's a different way to live for sure. It's put a strain in the family. Oh sure. yeah, it, absolutely. Or you'd be up all night and you get off your second day. So it'd be your 48th hour when you get off in the morning, you got to go home and you live a regular life again. So now you're tossed back into reality of doing your house stuff, t- chasing your kids around, making breakfasts, taking them to school, soccer, volleyball, whatever. Yeah. That's all back in motion again. It doesn't pause. So you're right back into it. Yeah. So your four days off are always like a recovery. Yeah. I mean, one of my best friends is, uh, he's been a cop since, uh, he got out of college and, um, and everything you're saying right there, I've, I've heard him live it, man. Yeah. It's uh, trying to still have somewhat of a normal right. life. Not many real estate investors are, I would say, normal, though. So. Yeah, no, we're all kind of messed up a little bit. Right, yeah. So, so you went to that Fast House meetup, and you just decided that night I'm going to go buy a deal? Yeah, and so the as, soon as, as soon as I literally started laying the groundwork within a few days of that, getting the pieces of the puzzle in motion, or you know, in my hands at least, to be able to put them in motion, to as soon as I was available to start buying, I could. So that's what I was headed towards. So what was that process like? Make sure you got all the pieces uh, together. You know, just get make sure my finances were in order. Right. Didn't have to have a lot of money, but you had to be at least smart with what money you did have. Yeah. Uh, getting an LLC set up, getting your insurances set up, yeah. uh, getting some contractors at least. You know, I didn't need a lot of contractors in the beginning because I have a lot of skills to be able to do the stuff I needed. Yeah. But, you know, getting at least uh, kind of a mentor in front of me, which was at the time my best, well, still one of my best friends, Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a handful of rentals and getting him in front of me and picking his brain a little bit. And then I realized real quick that I was going to uh, need another level of mentorship in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so I needed somebody that uh, Max is awesome. He, he's freaking fantastic. But at some point I was going to outgrow the information that he had and we needed to grow upwards together. So that's what- Yeah, Max is just a friend, right? This yeah, isn't he, somebody nope. who like coaches or does no, 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 that. No, he yeah, just, just one, he's my best he friend. picking his brain. Yeah, picking his brain. But I I mean, at some point I was gonna need a, a legitimate mentor to- That's huge though. If you have a friend that's doing what you wanna do, yeah. to mirror off of yeah, yeah. and piggyback, like I just, I know so many people have gotten into this and they either think they can do it all on their own or they're afraid to get out and network with people right. and then they get stuck on an island. Um, I mean, just even speaking for us, like yeah. surrounding ourselves with the right people has right. totally changed our business. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, it took me about a year to get everything in order. Uh, we had, I had some personal stuff in life that was going on that I was working through at the time. So as soon as I got that in order and done and situated, I bought three houses in like less than 90 days. Okay. Was, so your first year, you were just getting everything set up, yeah. but you were absorbing everything absorbing information going to the business. meetups you know doing a little bit of networking here and there finding the team contractors <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and actually the team of contractors I had in the beginning was just a hardwood flooring guy, which I fired on the very first job. We had that conversation this morning. <laughs> That's right, yep. You know, uh, Is that why you're dusty when you, you found him? Yeah. Yeah, he was crazy. Doing so, job. yeah, I, I came to the hardwood flooring contractor, very first job. I was an adventure all by itself. And, uh, you know, I needed an electrician and HVAC guy, the rest of it I could take care of because yeah. those two pieces of the puzzle need to be licensed in Stillness yep. County. Yep. So yep. without causing issues, yeah, yeah, full permits. Awesome. So you're still working, your full-time gig, yep. get your business going. At what point did Faster House come in uh, approach you? Uh, Faster, after, let's see, that would have been 18, I guess, the fall of 18, I think I had bought, I think I had, let's say, 10 rentals and flipped another five houses, something like that, on my own in the very first year of business. I had, let's say, seven to 10 rentals, somewhere in that range, and then I flipped another five houses. Okay. And uh, Sam and Lucas actually, Kate, were coming to me at the meetups. Like, you know, Sam would approach me as we all know him. He's goofy as hell, but super <laughs> smart. And he would approach me just off the cuff, like, hey, you want to buy for Pastor House someday? And I'm just ignoring him initially. Like, right. oh, you're, you're a fool. Like, you, yeah. you, we don't know each other. You don't know what I'm capable of. I don't know what you're capable of. And it was just a, a, a gentle hounding for three to four to five to six months. Sounds like you did enough for people to take notice That's, and get yeah. on somebody's radar. And so, I, yeah. I, I told, I've told Jake this many times, like, I don't have any special skill sets. I just have drive and energy yeah. and a little bit of forethought. I'm not the most, I'm not the smartest guy on the planet, but I could definitely, I mean, you, you're a pretty smart guy, but I hear well, what you're it's just, you, you're enthusiastic about what yeah. you do. Yeah. I have a lot of energy and I, if, if uh, I'm trying to teach or learn something, I'll pour all that energy into that until I have, a banker, I'll fill my bandwidth of information to where I'm armed to be able to pursue what I'm going after. I mean, something everybody always talks about too is starting out is you got to have the right mindset. Yeah. And it took me a while to break through and shake some of my old limiting beliefs, you know. Right. Um, with you though, it sounds like you get an idea and you just take off. I yeah, mean, I don't, there's not much that slows me down. Was there anything though, like you thought, you believed, uh, money worked a certain way yeah. or yeah i believed in the beginning that you had to have all this money behind yeah. you to even buy a house and lo and behold i was newly divorced had a couple kids and i think i had like just sold a big rehab here in st louis or st charles and i had about six grand in my pocket that was all i had i took my entire life out of a 3400 square foot house and shrunk it into a 10 by 10 connex box put it in storage and i moved in with my parents and I, I didn't know that I could do what I was going to do. That's where my mindset was headed. And then I stumbled into those meetups and I re learned about hard money and private money yeah. and the Burr method, you know, buying with 1% basically yeah. out of pocket on these houses. You, you got, you got humbled and yeah. you wanted to start over. You want to start fresh. Found the right thing I had, the right time. I had uh, a goal in mind to become financially free. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping to retire by 37 because that's what my grandparents did when I was a kid. I didn't know that until late in life, but yeah. one side of my grandparents retired at 37. Nice. And uh, I set that as a goal. Yeah. And that's where I was headed at that point. So I mean, with, so I, I had something similar that led me down the road of getting uh, into real estate, but like without that big life shakeup, do you think he would have done anything different or he would have I don't kept think I would have, I don't think the, I didn't have the support on the home front mm -hmm. at the time. And uh, when I was you know, humbled and out on my own, I didn't need the, support on the home front. I was the home front. So it was very quick that I'm like, I need to figure something else out that I can spend more time with my kids. I can evolve my family the way I want to. I can grow my legacy and grow a different life than what I had. Do that. I mean, that resonates with me so much. Cause so like I was working a job in a totally different industry and 
thought everything was great. I, I just got married like a year before and uh, we lost our first child. Um, Jack was stillborn. And um, after I kind of like came out of the fog of that, it was just like, what am I doing? I'm going to this nine to five that I hate. Mm-hmm. And I'm just at the mercy of my bosses who I, you know, didn't agree with on a lot of things. Right. And I was 30 years old at the time. I just turned 30 or turning 30. And uh, I'm just like, I'd already advanced within my company, like pretty much as far as I could go. I'm like, I'm looking at the next 30 years. Like I, I can't do this. Something's got to change, you know? And uh, I'd always like the idea of real estate. I found uh, one of the national seminar guru companies came in town and I'm not going to knock them or anything, but you know, I found them at the right time and, um, I, I joined that program and made me commit right. and uh, go down this path and you know, here we are now. Here you are. Yeah, um, but, it's an adventure. Every day is an adventure. Yeah, I wonder a lot though if like if that didn't happen, like if I would just kept going along, status quo, everything's great. Would I be where you are now? Working for the weekend, you know. But, yeah. Hey, now my weekend can be any day. Of the right. Week. Yeah. So, man. So fast forward a little bit. I'll spoil it, but you've been able to quit your day job. Yeah. Just a few months ago, right? A few months ago. Nice. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a leave of absence to make that decision and thankful the company that I work for gives, gives that opportunity. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. So you've gone from working two full-time jobs, basically. Well, three with my rental portfolio. Three with your rental portfolio, yeah. yeah. But you're at a point now, I mean, have you pretty much hit your freedom number with your oh, yeah. portfolio? Yeah. And I honestly, I never even put that. How many years? Less than three. That's crazy. So yeah, real estate has bought back your time. Yes. And I, up until, uh, you know, we're in a mastermind together, yep. uh, up until uh, an exercise a couple weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago, that Luke uh, put me in to see what uh, what my entire portfolio, I knew I was making money, but I don't use any of the business money for anything in my personal life. So I don't draw anything from it. Okay. So, so you have an active income. Yeah, I have an active yeah. income with wholesaling. Yep. So I don't need to touch any of that. And then before that was wholesaling and on the ambulance too. So I had, you know, that two active incomes. So I never really put much thought into what the business was taking home. Uh, I knew it was all all making money. I knew where my projections were in the beginning and every house that I put on put in service, I was beating my projections by a landslide. Wow. So I didn't really ever pay attention to it. It was growing. The business was always generating active income uh, or passive income to allow me to grow on a rapid path. So, so you weren't even really totally sure. I mean, until you sat down and looked at it, and you're like, well, I just replaced my active correct day job. Yeah. Wow times two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it was, uh, you know, I had a conversation with one of my financial advisors shortly after that. He's like, what are you doing? Why, why don't you do what you want and not what yeah. somebody's telling you to do? I was like, done. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, that had to be a hard decision though. I mean, it's still, that you I, mean, love, I, I still miss the ambulance. Yeah. You know, there's uh, there's part of me that misses, you know, take care of people and the uh, adrenaline dumps you get with it and things like that. It's, you get to do a lot of really neat stuff and be in a, re- a lot of really odd positions that nobody else, unless you're in that industry in a busy service will ever be in. So those are things that I absolutely still miss, or I, I miss. You spent so, like, what, 13 years on the bus? Uh, I got on in 2004, so 16 years. 16 old. years, and you yeah, got a lot of different yeah. certificates and Tons. crap under your belt. More than I you, can count. You invest a lot of time into, and, I know you like to stay active. Yeah, lot, so. I still keep my certificate. I'm still going to keep my certifications up all the way just because I worked so hard to get them. I'm not just going to flush them down the toilet. Right. I don't care what it is. I'm not flushing those down the drain. That's what I love about your story. Like, 
if you you were working at most people I talk to like they want to get out of whatever they're whatever it is they're doing they want to change their life because they don't like the position they're in right you were doing okay yeah absolutely I was making a great active income yeah uh, more than most people could probably ever imagine doing something that I love to do yeah but it was not it's not my I said this a quick trip two years ago it wasn't my life's work I learned that, you know, I worked 10 years at QT, a, a reputable gas station here in the St. Louis area. I think you've worked uh, more than you are alive. More years I'm, than you are alive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I started a quick trip two days after my 16th birthday in 1998, 99. Jesus. Yeah, April 12th, 99. I worked there until 2009. So piggybacking off what Brian just said, because we, there's a lot of people that we come across with these like network groups and stuff like that. They have like really good income and we call it the golden handcuffs. Uh, they have a really good W-2 job, yep. and they're just like, man, I make, you know, 80, 90, maybe less than 60, 90, whatever, 100,000 a year. They're like, I can't give all that up. I mean, do you mind sharing kind of ballpark what you're making on the ambulance? More than all of that. Okay. So, <laughs> because you have all those certificates yeah. and you're a SWAT and all that yeah. stuff, because a lot of people don't realize that, that there's other ways of uh, leveling up when you're in the ambulance. But you gave all that up. Those were golden handcuffs, and yeah. you just said, well, I'll do it. Right. Yeah. And I, wanted, you had a, I wanted my time. I wanted my time back. So that's more important to you yeah. than yeah. my time. And my family is way by far more important than the bottom dollar yeah. in that adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So and now I can I can spend more time at home than I could ever imagine. And I enjoy what I do. And I can man, even in the last couple of weeks, I've been able to do more stuff at my home, my home project wise and hanging out with the kids and everything else in the last yeah. few weeks. And it really turned a light bulb on for me. Like I'm more mentally sound now than I have been probably in the last 15 years. So the freedom is huge. And I was joking Brian the other day, like we're just inventing problems at this point. Yeah. Have. Like, yeah. like, you know, it's like nothing's really that big with you. Like we, right. we just had a, uh, unfortunately a contractor walk out on us. I mean, that's the, that's the toughest it's thing a, we've it's had. It's a minor hiccup. Yeah. You know way. how crazy it is. Like I had a similar thing happen to me a couple years ago on my personal house. I was rehabbing to live in <laughs> guy quit on me and left me hanging. Yeah. It, it would like wreck my world. I had some other stuff going on, but like, <laughs> it just was devastating. Well, it's because your wife's breathing down in there. Right. Like, hey, hey, baby. Well, it was a little different. Like, we were technically homeless because we were waiting to move into there. Ah. And we were jumping around family and friends for like, supposed to be a month and turning into six months. Anyway, I digress. But like, that, uh, you know, it's losing this contractor now. Because we're in a network. Right. We know enough people. Actually, Dusty, you're probably going to go. With somebody send probably help us out, right? right? So, yeah, it's I mean, a minor delay. It's not the end of the world. Um, yeah, you know, we'll get through it. So, so like, back to like the golden handcuffs things. Like, you don't know how things are going to work out, but you got to trust the process. Yeah, and you just keep you going. Faith in yourself. It, 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 yeah. Com confidence is huge. Yeah. You got to jump. You got to yeah. take a risk, and that's the problem with people that are stuck in a W two like that. They think this money that it's just going to serve them for the rest of their life. Yeah, the salary. Well, especially just, when they work for somebody that, or for something that's a large entity, yeah. it's kind of its own thing. That's it's own environment. It's yeah. Own atmosphere. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it all, it's, there's a safety and security element to it and all that I, stuff. I, I get it. You know, everybody's cut from a different cloth, you know, but for me, you know, I could have kept doing that. I could have jumped to another company. I had another opportunity with my old job uh, to get hired as a manager for another business. And it would have been an overnight 30K pay bump. It would set my family up so much better for which is huge yeah it's like, and uh yeah. i it was right when i had gone to this seminar and like started out down the real estate thing i'm like if i do this i'm gonna have no time 
to work on my business that I know I want to do. Like this is, I'm going to be passionate about this. So I turned it down just because um, I knew I was, I was already trying to transition out of the job I was in. So why am I going to do a lateral move just for more money? Um, so I just, that was when I really decided like, Hey, there's no turning back here. I got to do this. So, um, my origin story is nowhere near yeah. any of you guys. I was just thinking, I was like, how am I going to tell my story? Yet? Well, kind of, man. I mean, you were working some jobs where your your hours were crazy. So I think just like my first job was I worked for this pool company. And that's where I learned that I didn't want to be a grunt worker, right? Like I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. I enjoyed it. I liked the whole, just for, you know, like a pool company. And it wasn't just me being on the side of the pool deck, vacuuming pools. It was more the nasty pool stuff where you had to go down there, pull the hydrostatic plug, acid wash, and do all this other crap. Uh, it was really hard work. So I kind of worked my way up out of it, uh, and then eventually went to college and, and all that stuff. Um, what did you go to college for? Uh, originally, for mecha- I became a mechanical engineer. Uh, and then I liked... Uh, you were smart. <laughs> <laughs> and then I liked beer too much, so I'm not yeah. that smart. And uh, and so I, left. I I didn't drop out. I left on my own accord, if that makes sense. So I, I went to UMSL and got my degree in psychology, and I was planning on getting my master's degree in something called industrial organizational psychology, which is more or less people in the workplace and how to kind of like make people more productive, okay? So while that happened, uh, let's just say I got my now wife pregnant, <laughs> and so and so I was working at uh, at Outback Steakhouse, and I Were was- Were you a vegan at that point? I was not a vegan. Uh, no, curious. No. That was vegan actually- I was a ve- I was a vegan at Outback. <laughs> not when I first started. Uh, that was a contentious, thing with my my uh higher ups i didn't like that very much but um so what do you to, recommend sir uh, how do you sell meat when you don't eat yeah. it? i'd recommend the impossible burger well, we don't serve that I, I used to like the sirloin and i don't know i heard the strip steak's okay but i haven't tried in a while but anyway so I, I'm kind of I used, to, used to try to take him to lunch all the time at a barbecue twigs and berries yeah twigs and berries you want to do lunch where are you going <laughs> I can't go. Yeah, the barbecue joint. I can't even have the uh, fries, but they probably uh, fried in beef tallow. Yeah. Oh, wow, you're hardcore. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty hardcore. It's pretty good. So, anyway, long story short, I started I start becoming a manager at Outback because, you know, we have a kid there. Like I just kind of got through my college degree really quick um, and worked my way up there. They, they want, I became a senior manager, so I was back in the house and front of the house manager. They wanted me to become a proprietor and have my own store at some point. And I was like, I just, this is where I started to realize, like, I want my time back. Right, like yeah, because you're working every night shifts, closing the restaurant. Like, yeah, there was just I, I was working. Kid 50, did they require salary managers were required to work 55 hours a week, Ugh. and most of the time it was more than that. Um, and there was times where I worked just a month straight just because people called in, you had to cover shifts and stuff like that. And I didn't really like it. I want to be a manager. Um, I like managing systems, but the people part restaurants are crazy. So I may work in a restaurant. No, these people are they're nuts. Everybody's nuts. So. Um, I was like, nope, taking the first ticket out, which I ended up actually being a general manager at a Jiffy Loop. And I didn't like that very much. Um, but then one time, and then, so I'll just cut the story short here. I had a uh, dinner guest over and he was like, hey man, I'm a property manager. You should become a property manager. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just left and that's how I got into real estate. So the first one was Ultimate Realty? Yeah, Ultimate Realty. I uh, got, uh, got my real estate license, um, passed that. Flying colors the first time around because I think it was, but it was in and out in like a half an hour or less. And uh, yeah, started going in real estate. So, you and I kind of had a unique opportunity. We both started out our careers, well, 
I started my career out. I got a business going. I did a couple deals. Then I got an opportunity to go work with another investor full time. And that's why I quit my day job. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so I will fully disclose, like, that was a huge advantage to me. Um, I probably would have had to keep working my day job for another year or so before I could have done that. Um, we gained so much experience just from what we were doing. Yeah. Um, you as a property manager. Uh, I was a buyer for another company here. We bought 100 rental properties a year. Um, so just- Yeah, you worked your tail off too. Yeah, um, I, you know, I was so happy to be in real estate, but I quickly was starting to realize it's just becoming another job, you know, and I'm even more demanding with the people I was working yeah. for. So, um, you know, I was, I'm still very grateful for the opportunity. I learned so much, but um, it wasn't why I got into real estate. You know, right. I wanted the environment wasn't what you wanted. No, I wanted the opportunity to there. be my own boss, make my decisions for myself, you know, <clears throat> you know, buy my time back. You know? And this is 2017, 16, right? When you're doing yeah, this. Uh, April yeah. 17, uh, when I got to make the leap and go work for them. And then I uh, did that for a couple of years and then uh, jumped over to where I met you at. Yep. Um, working for another investor who had a wholesale operation. So, um, Really, over two and a half to three years, I gained experience on pretty much every level of real estate from, you know, yep. deal analysis, finding the deals, uh, property management, construction management, yep. um, and then put crafting these wholesale deals together. You know? um, I, I also did a couple of rehabs, you know. So when we when we decided to make the leap for ourselves and join our experience together, and you were a property manager for all that time. Right? Yeah, I was a prop I was actually a property manager for I mean it's not that long, but it was for yeah. seven hundred properties this this ultimate realty managed. So eighteen months total. Uh, first year was full time and then I started working for that investor and I went back to part time on that. So I still I think I managed thirty properties while I was doing part time and then eventually I just that relationship kind of fizzled out, which I understand. I mean it's going So to we were able to leverage all the coaching we got and then the years of experience that we just built up mm -hmm. before we started our business. So it was a huge advantage. Um, I guess for anybody watching that's just starting out, like thinking about getting the real estate, you know, you're gonna to have to grind it out for a while. You know, you gotta put forth effort to yeah. get the information you want. So I'm just gonna hand it to you. Right. Yes. yes. Not necessarily you don't necessarily have to pay for a lot of information if you don't want to, no. but you gotta put forth the effort and show whoever you get in front of that you have proof of concept and the energy to pull off what they're yep. pouring into you. And take action. Yeah, take action. So I was just actually talking to a mutual friend of ours and she was saying before anybody works for her, she'll give her information out and she'll just keep ignoring them. And she wants to see that they'll have the drive to keep following up. And after like a couple weeks of it, she's like, all right, cool, you're serious, you wanna do it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so. So the guy I went to work with, um, I met from Fortune Builders, the, the uh, coaching program I joined up, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a high price tag to join that thing. And uh, I no like I said, it is, but I can it's expensive. You can get uh, all the same information for free online, wherever. There's tons of free stuff out there now. But the biggest thing I got out of that was it made huge connections for me to get me to where I am now. And one of those was I met the guy that gave me the opportunity to go work for him. Yeah. So I met him at one of the meetups, and um, I just became a fan of what they were doing. Started following them. Started reaching out to him all the time, picking his brain, and uh, I just I, I straight up asked him like, if you ever have a need for um, a job opening, I would love the opportunity. Give me a call, and uh, he remembered that and called me up one day and said, Hey, you want to be an acquisition manager? 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't it's, yeah. yeah. it's kind of like how it happened with you. Yeah. Hey, you want yeah. an acquisition manager. Yeah. So I, that leads to uh, this question. So what's more important, sitting in front of the computer, learning all this information, digesting all this stuff, or actually getting out there and meeting people? The networking and taking action. Yeah. I can give you all the information in the world, but if you can't put pen to paper or put boots on the ground, yep. the information is useless. Yeah. You got to find out what you need to, to get going and you're going to piece it all together along the way. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, it's constantly tripping over yourself, but not ever yeah. falling. And even if you fall, you just get up and keep going. Yeah. That's even when I was on the ambulance, you know, I, I did a lot of mentoring with students all the time. And if, if they had drive and, the forethought to start gathering your own information, I would fill them full of info. But if they just went in, sat on the recliner and clicked buttons, they were useless to me. <laughs> it's true. No, I mean, it's, yeah. so if they wouldn't take action, they were nothing to me. Yeah. You can't learn anything unless you actually practice right. and do it and all that stuff. So, right. I mean, I, this business isn't really for the, the timid, you know. It, right, you, gotta, you have to be willing to take some risk. Um, even though I worked for another guy to get into the business, like it was a huge risk leaving my day job. Right. My pregnant wife at the time <laughs> was like about to kill me, but I yep. convinced her this is the right opportunity for us. And you know, you every go. year I've been in real estate, my life's gotten better. So yeah. And having that support on the home front that you both have is huge. Yeah. It if took you, a while. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. my, my significant other said, I heard her say it last night, actually. Um, I don't know where we were on you yesterday. She was out running properties with me with a buddy and that conversation come up and she's like, really in the beginning, I didn't, I didn't know, I knew what we were doing, but didn't really understand it. And it took some time before I got on board and it was like, you go full steam ahead. I'll pick up the pieces behind me. Yeah. And that's, that's the way it went. It takes some time. It takes some time. Yeah. 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 Just a rock star team. Hey, we're Our a, couple. We're unique. I'd say that. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you, man? Um, can you keep building the rental portfolio up? I'm going to keep adding rentals. Uh, I'm being a little picky right now uh, just because I've got, you know, a lot of the rentals I have, let's say probably the last five of 10 that I've put on have been uh, pretty high-end rentals. So I'm kind of piecing, you know, my lower-end stuff, my middle-range stuff, and then I start adding a couple high-end high -end rentals okay. that we're going to be an appreciation grab for later that's still cash flow. So, okay. So, so yes, yeah, so your higher end rentals, most people are going to be listening to this kind of know what the bird deal is. If they don't, there's plenty, we'll talk about it at some point around here, but most people think that a bird deal is a no money out of pocket deal, but with these higher end rentals, you're actually one of the parts of some cash. In yeah, I'm, I'm all right with giving up a little bit if I have to on the back end. I don't go into the accounts or go into the adventure knowing that I'm going to leave some money on the table. Yeah, but if I, if I bought a $200,000 house that cash flows my minimum average of two hundred. dollars and I have to leave a few thousand dollars on the table on the refi, I'm okay with that because that's in an area that's going to grow three to, that's our average three to six percent. is yeah. three to six percent a year. Yeah. So in a year, I've recouped that cash and equity and it's going to continue to grow and my debt service is going to pay down, my equity spread is going to get bigger and power and real estate's in the equity. That's, that's been a big flip for me, just starting to realize the power of building an equity and appreciation. Like, I don't, me personally right now, I'm not buying for appreciation, but right. it's something to think about. It's kind of like a bonus. <clears throat> right. I yeah. mean, you got a cash flow. Yeah, you got a cash flow. I think flow. so many people just get stuck on that. Whereas like, well, hey, you're in an A-plus neighborhood. Yeah. This house is going to be worth another 50 grand in a couple of years. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, so. Yeah, I've got houses in uh, St. Charles County. I got several in St. Charles County about to have my 
guess, third or fourth one in St. Charles County. Yeah. And then the ones I have in St. Louis County are still in good neighborhoods that are going to be, you know, they're not going to grow, you know, another 50 grand in a few years, but they're going to continually slide up. Yeah. So, so first off, you didn't start off building a portfolio thinking I'm going to park cash into it. You want no. to make sure you're almost damn right. near zero money. Right. 1% is, yeah, 1% is basically what you're going to be yeah. for that 1% of your own money in each deal. It's kind of an easy way to put it yeah. because you got to, you know, a lot of time you got closing costs and insurance, yep. little stuff, yep. not, not stuff that's going to break your piggy bank, but right. by the time you're done with the refi and everything, you've left about 1% in the deal. It'll still be 20% putting 20% sure. down for a commercial yeah. mortgage. In. Yeah, because yeah. I can grow 10 times what somebody doing with 20% down can. Absolutely. In Absolutely. the same time frame. And honestly, that's what I thought before I really discovered the power of the bird strategy like i thought that's what it's going to take yeah saving up all this money buy one I house guess. that's going to be like one or two every other year you or know? like the dave ramsey just get a ten thousand dollar house that you can buy yeah, cash yeah. and just like oh, i'll never be able to do that yeah and my uh <laughs> my original goal was <laughs> was 12 houses in 10 years that was my goal 12 and 10. yeah i remember that and i did 12 and one yep I didn't think that that was going to happen, but that's basically what happened. Bro, did you just 10X? Yeah. Did you just 10X, bro? So I know some other guys like that too, and they might be using a Freddie or Fannie loan, and their cash flow might be greater, so that's why they don't think they need that many right. doors. Um, and that's fine. You know, if you're working a job, you never plan to leave it, and the real estate's a side thing, but um, you can do that. It's more of a yeah. retirement, long-term yeah. retirement yeah. plan. But, I mean, that might take 10 years to get to that point versus – three like you right um you, the that equity that you leave in the properties is huge when you're going to keep growing right it's yes. huge yeah the bank loves you yep they love you know exactly. to be less obviously less than 80 percent, but i think mm -hmm. i'm like 72 73 percent loan to value across my whole portfolio if not less so have you been able to use your equity as a debt weapon yet haven't, haven't even needed to yeah but i could. I could, yeah. I, I could. Say, you're probably sure. Yeah. A couple more years. Yeah, you're there. But uh, I'm gonna add another. I want my next milestone is 50, so I want to hit my 50. So I got 16 left in theory to hit my next milestone. Then I'll decide where I'm gonna go from there. Love it. But 50 on my own is uh, an adventure. Yeah. And I mean, are you buying a lot of the deals that you're contracting for Faster House or um, other deals? A little bit of everything. Yeah. You know, I I bought a handful from Jake. I bought a handful from Pat and Alyssa over the years. Yeah, our second rental we bought from you, right? Yeah, we bought one from yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you know, the bonus with working at Faster House, it's a, a, a machine, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the ability to I don't wouldn't say cherry pick, but you see stuff that other people's can't first, or that other first people sight on yeah. These deals, yeah. Yeah. And there's so many of them that you don't have the bandwidth to chew them all up. Talk, talk about that for a minute because we were just discussing this the other day. Like, There's so many people that want to get into the game, but they're kind of waiting on the sidelines. They're waiting for that perfect deal to just fall in their lap. And I think the first couple of deals, you almost have to put your own sweat, blood, and tears into. Yeah. Yep, that's what we did. And then, little Debbie. And then you realize, like, wow, this really does work. And if I spend a little bit more money on the front, I can save time on the back and uh, you can be done way faster and you don't have to swing the hammer anymore. Yeah. You know, so yeah, sitting you on the were, sidelines. You were very much so working on your own. Oh, oh the first 10 yeah. were, I'd say the first eight were solid me. Yeah. Uh, then I had my soon to be brother-in-law. He was in for a couple of them. Yep. You know, I'm Johnny. Yep. Brother-in-law Johnny's a rock star. Couldn't have done some of the big clips we did without him. Yep. He's fantastic. Uh, big bear. And, uh, you know, if you couldn't, if I couldn't, I was able to buy some properties that others couldn't 
because I had the ability to swing the hammer myself and save a buttload so of cash. You cut down your labor costs. Yeah, yeah. I cut my labor costs to nothing. Yeah. And it was just material. So when everybody else was putting offers in a 20K, you know, a 20K rehab, mine was probably only 5K materials and the 15K labor was me. That's a huge advantage, man. If you're doing your own labor or you have a hookup from a friend contractor, yeah. um, if a family member is an agent that's going to list it for a mm-hmm. lower fee, like yeah, right. just that advantage, if you know you can come up another grand or two to beat out the competition. Yeah. A lot like that. Yeah. I mean, because everybody wants the same house and they're seeing the same deals. Yeah. So, like, you've got to be ready to act and know your numbers and make a quick decision. Yeah. I would, I got uh, pretty good in the beginning of, uh, let's see, the faster house will take them, for instance, I would stop in there once or twice a week and be nosy and make sure they knew who I was and knew that I was looking for a house. Same with you. We yep. talked every day. Yep. Probably still do most days. Yep. And uh, if if you get a deal that if they know your buy box and what your skill set is, they'll get a deal under contract like, hey, this is perfect for Dusty and Foundry Properties. This, yep. this is where it's going. We're not even going to send it to anybody else. He's our guy. Well, that's how it is for us yeah. now. We get yeah. under contract. If we know there's somebody, like a solid buyer right. lined up, we'll just send it straight to them and say, hey, you want to do this? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like when I was buying for the other investor, I mean, I was known as a strong buyer. It was my money I was doing buying, but we were taking down 10 deals a month right. in a very specific box. So people knew that and when they got, they would go out looking for deals for me. Right. You know, so it's all about building that. Yeah. I sold you deals too. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I couldn't buy after like the first two or three of Austin, he was not allowed to sell to me anymore. <laughs> We're not gonna get into that. <laughs> We're not gonna get into that kind of stuff. That's conversation for another day. Yeah. So. But it's a real quick qualifier here for people who don't know the St. Louis market. When Dusty talks about buying in St. Charles versus St. Louis, St. Charles is is in the greater St. Louis area, and St. Charles County is the fastest growing county in Missouri. Okay, so that's why there's a you don't buy rental properties for an appreciation play. You hope it happens, but when you when you look at the facts that you're in you're buying in the fastest growing county in the state, it doesn't take a genius to figure out it's going to increase. It's going to increase the value. Yeah. And if it cash flows and increases your goal. Your goal. Yeah. So yeah. that's it's so I'm even place. willing to buy a little steeper or a little higher in, Ooh, in St. Me. Charles County <laughs> than, than, a, than other areas because I know it's coming back in the future. You have yeah. to be. Yeah. I mean, the deals out there are so scarce right now. Well, when you oh, yeah. talked about a lot of people sitting on the sidelines waiting for that perfect deal. Right now, a lot of people want St. Charles County, and they want St. Charles are, County at 75% minus repairs. Those are unicorns. At a conservative, yeah. conservative <laughs> ARV. It's like, right. you gotta give me one to go like a little bit above that conservative ARV, push yeah. all the way up to like 78 and 80% ARV minus repairs, and that's where you got to be at. And I learned really early with uh, the ARV concept for the you know running comparable sales and things, if you put a product out there that somebody wants to live in, not has to live in, yeah. for your rentals, your ARV's higher, your rent's higher, and your people stay longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So yep. you might you might put an extra little bit into the property on your rehab side, but then when you actually start showing it, instead of trickling showings in one or two in a week, yeah. you'll get 50 in a weekend. Yeah, I mean, you're known for having some pretty, uh, yes. I guess, Cadillac, level rehabs, right? I guess, I guess. And then areas that wouldn't usually... Yeah, wouldn't usually see that. Yeah, I could, uh, my significant, or my wife's significant other, whatever. Uh, Should be wild. Yeah, it gives me trouble all the time about having nicer rentals than we had personal houses. But when you can't do that anymore. But, but, but when you're renting, 
800 a month, 850 a month for a one bedroom duplex. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's like supposed to be a seven, seven fifty. Uh, when I bought them, they were 495. Well, that's when they were rented. But they I'm were rented on the Zillow's estimates, yeah. like seven, seven fifty for a one bedroom, and you're pushing all the way to the 800s. Yeah, 825. Yeah, I mean that's that says a lot. So I think I think your theory makes more sense. We were talking to a professional, longtime landlord we're buying a deal from recently, and he's trying to convince me you need to keep the the rents lower do more basic rehabs and fix it up just so people will stay longer. If, yeah. if you try to squeeze too much rent, they're going to not be able to afford it. Right. Well, that's one uh, thing we talked about earlier in our relationship and our friendship because I was a property manager and this was the time, Brian, 2017, where everybody's buying in Florissant. All these rentals, the, floor, the Florissant market is saturated. saturated right. And the old school thought was that. Well, the old heads are saying, clean functional, get it rented. And yeah. that just wasn't working because you had the house on the market for it. Yeah. I had, and I was like, I think it needs a little bit of a facelift. I wanted, I had a mentor at the time um, that was basically gave me the, the clean and functional grandma nice concept, what he called it clean and functional. I called it grandma nice. Yeah. And I said, all right, I'll do one your way and I'll do one my way. We'll spend the same money. I have 10 grand for each property to do. Yep. And I spent 7,500 in one his way and I spent 10,000 in the other one my way. And we had them on the market at the same time. The second one was a lesser quality house on the outside, yeah. but had more bang for the buck on the inside. And I had 50 showings in a weekend on a holiday weekend yeah. for a rental in Florissant. Yeah. And the other one sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there. Well, if you're a prospective tenant and you're going on Zillow, and there's 50 houses to choose from in Florissant, at, at that time, oh, yeah. it was, that was probably, that's probably a low number. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you know, a lot of hedge funds were coming in at that time, yeah. putting in grand counters and stuff. And it's like, yeah. um, for me in that spot, we were doing a lot of stuff in Florissant. So we st had to start raising the bar on our rentals, mm -hmm. just like you're talking. Yeah. Um, and it didn't take much. It was just a little bit of forethought, a little bit. Yeah. So and when you're buying, you're, you're planning on doing a super nice rehab. Yeah. My, my Does that mean you got to buy it cheaper or no. you just know you can push the- I can push the market a little bit, you know, like uh, we talked yesterday, Jake asked me about a, a deal on my uh, in Maryland Heights, yep. Yep. and I'm. We know another uh, another group of investors have a dang near the same house two doors down, on the same side of the street, and I beat their rent by two hundred bucks. Nice. On the same house, wow. we're four doors apart. That much nicer, same house. It's only nine hundred square foot home. Right? Yeah, nine hundred square foot home or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so we have a similar deal in the same area, and I think you convinced us to go ahead and flip it. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I will not own in that that uh, municipality anymore. That'd be the, the one and done there for me. Yeah. No, it's a great, I mean, we're looking at, this area is in North County, St. Louis, right? Mm -hmm. It is insane the price per square foot that these things are going for. Oh, it's crazy. We're seeing stuff at $200 a square. It's basically becoming Bowen, West it's, County numbers. Yeah, right? for, I mean, right. the market's crazy, so. It's, it's incredible, but the, the municipality themselves just make it a headache for the landlord. So it takes all the fun out of having a property in the area if the, the municipality sucks all the fun out of it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. th that's an area too where you're talking about the appreciation. Like it's gotten to a point, like you said, 200 bucks a square foot almost in some yeah. spots. So it's almost getting out of that range for where it can work for a rental. Right. Yeah. If you're trying to stay close to the 1% rule, right. then, you know. Yeah, and that one will be one when a tenant moves out of it, I'll clean it, touch up paint, and I'll probably do the siding on the side of the house because it's yeah. just 
You got that nine-inch vinyl, or are you working with? It's that? a it's a vinyl. It's just it looks like Big Bird's house. It's yellow. <laughs> it's not not my speed. Okay. You know, it's just a old. It's like a 1970s color, that pale yellow. That people, it's a newer vinyl, but it's that pale yellow color. Yeah, it just doesn't that. work for yeah, me. Yeah. So like I'll a do washed yeah. mustard stain. Right. So we'll do some vinyl siding that uh, matches the roof. It's an architectural roof on it, yeah. and we'll sell it. We won't keep it. So that'll be a, a project for next year. Yeah. So yeah, that's fun to think about too. Just those ones in your portfolio where like, yeah, I don't really love it. Yeah. I can turn it off and yeah. down the road and make a profit. I think know. we just closed one today that we're gonna keep it rental for a little while. We'll Good. probably uh, go ahead and sell it off down the road. It's a slab, it's not really with our wheelhouse, but the, we bought it so so slabs good. aren't bad. No, they're not bad, but we just, just not gotta be prepared for the, the issues that a slab property can come with. It might not be a great house for twenty years from now. Yep. Um so, but we bought it so good, it's gonna cash flow. We're gonna, we got enough room to do a 40, 50K rehab on yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, and I don't, yeah. that, that big rehab number, I'm not a huge fan of that on a rental. No. Cause no. it slows, it slows your process down and costs you more money. We don't wanna be over 40K on a rehab or rental property. Yeah. yeah. That's another reason why we're like, well, why don't we just go ahead and sell this down the road? Right. You know? Maybe sell it turnkey, get yeah. down there, you know? Yeah, cause that, uh, I'd like the sweet spot for me on a, a rental is probably that 20 to 30. Yeah, that's where you know that's that sweet spot. But in good in that A plus, B plus, you know, B plus or A neighborhoods yeah. in our area, I'll stretch that to 40, you know, 45 somewhere in there. So we have two projects going on right now. One's a 40K scope, one's a 25 to 25-ish. Um, 41, the 40K house is going to be it. It's going to get done sooner. They both started the same week. Yeah. And yeah, the other but one. But you also had different styles of contractors in there too. Two different styles of contractors. So it's, I don't know where he's going with the story here, but. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, one house isn't going anywhere right now because yeah. the, that's the one contractor put. Well, I guess what I'm saying here is like a 40K rehab, if I've got a good crew and a good contractor that can get it it's done fine, in yeah. a month. Yeah. It also depends on what that 40K about. is. Right. right. You know, 40K, if it's just like roof, HVAC, you know, electric, all that, like all the sub stuff. Yeah, that might be a little bit easier. But if it's then all you got room, no room to do the crazy stuff. But if, if it doesn't need that much cosmetic work, we're just yeah. updating it to right. be more functional. Yeah. You could eventually come across like one solid exterior rock star contractor that you can that will literally point them in a direction and they destroy and make the whole outside beautiful in a matter of days. What's that company that you're oh. Angle Ridge? Oh, Angle Ridge, get that closer. Angle Ridge today. Like that, that wasn't planned. You guys want to sponsor our podcast? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I stumbled across Angle Ridge a couple years ago and I literally do not even call another exterior contractor anymore. Nice. I don't even care. I just, hey, this is what I need done. Send me the bill. Yeah, we're and gonna I know it's gonna fit in that Yeah, we need so small world. We we're buying a house next month that had a tree fall on it. They made an insurance claim. Oh no, the big one in Florida. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Uh, same size tree. Okay, Woodson. In Woodson Terrace. Yeah, it is the same freaking tree. Yeah, but the tree fell in that house too. Did yeah. You? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah. so uh, we found out they hired Anchorage to do the the insurance work. Yeah, like, oh great, we're, we're yeah. good. Yeah, we were like, yeah. 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 by the way. Trees do fall. Yes, they when do. They were, like, the tree's been there for like 100 years. It's not going to fall. I'm just like, uh, yes, it will. It'll All right. So let's tell a fun war story about buying a house real quick. So okay. Jake and I had a house force under contract a couple of months ago. And um, this is the tree story. The tree story. We actually brought Dusty out uh, to uh, give us some contracting advice. 
And um, there was some humongous trees in the backyard of this house. One yes. in particular, the Papa Smurf of all trees. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? 250 year old tree, oak, huge. I don't huge. know. Much. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're all sitting here like, yeah, this tree's a problem, and the, <laughs> the owners are trying to say, oh no, that's you 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 want to keep that tree? It's a it's a historic. It's a historic tree. Yeah, yeah. historic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's historic when it falls. It's historically seven foot by in diameter. Yeah. This thing's a behemoth. The day after we put the house under contract, I get a phone call. Brian, yeah, you know that tree that you guys are all worried about? Yeah. <laughs> it's on top of my house right now. It's come through the living room. So they dang near built an addition around this tree, essentially, because they built off the back of the house and the tree's like, the tree's right off the back left corner of the home and then they built an addition that pretty much butts up to this thing. Yeah. So she's sitting, I forget what, a storm rolled through. She's sitting in that addition, which was solidly built, by the way, and a limb fell off. Right where she sits all day yeah. on her computer desk. The addition shifted a little bit to the left. The drywall, which I would say that's five-inch drywall, right? Yes. Yep. That came crashing down on her head. Yeah. Basically, the whole addition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that deal didn't end up working out. Maybe it'll come back around, but I have a funny story. Yeah. Get, the, get the insurance claim and get it all fixed and then talk to him. Also uh, a slab house too. Yeah. yeah, we're waiting for them to finish the insurance work. Yeah. Revisit so basically. Angle Ridge is not doing your insurance right. on this particular house. Maybe they are on your Woodson Terrace house. Huh? Yeah, we got that. We're ready to go whenever they're ready to go. They're yeah. Fantastic. And then they can move right over to this one we just bought today. So. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They're great. They will make, make your properties very headache free. Yeah. What's uh, the craziest deal you bought lately any crazy stories? i've got one that i'm gonna potentially scheduled to close on next week that i've been messing with for 18 months march Love march 4th of 2019 or 2000 yeah 19. most investors are out of the business in yeah. 18 months uh, so that yeah i like this story this was a house that we got a lead on uh, she called us off a mailer and you know i'm sure it was off an equity list of some sort yeah. her husband had a bit her and her husband had a business when they were much younger they're in their 80s now and uh he had a house here in saint or had a uh, condo in a very nice area in Creefport okay. uh, that he used when he was here for business she's never been to st louis she's never seen the condo doesn't have any access doesn't even know what the condo looks like just has an address you're buying a condo yes okay. yeah it's a condo and she called us, she gave, uh, I think the lead actually went to Sam initially, and he talked to her on the phone and she yelled at him and hung up on him. And he's, <laughs> he passed it to me, he's like, I don't have time for this. You know, you chase this down if you want to. So I did. And uh, we got, uh, finally got the green light to go to the house or go to the property and we get there and there's no access. So I had another buddy with me. He climbed three stories up the balcony onto the back of the house. I have pictures of that. Climbed three. He allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, had, we had the green light from the seller or the owner to make an entry any way we could as long as we passed up on the way out. Okay. So we had, we had that. So he climbed up three stories, got to the back of the balcony. The door was locked, of course. So he climbs back down and we're coming up with a game plan to get in the, get in the front door. And as we're standing there, I notice that there's a coach light on the right side of the door on every one of the properties. Well, this one had a coach light on the right side and there was a master lock lock box hanging off the side of the, the coach light because there was no room on the door for it. So I said, man, I wonder if there's keys in that. And I reached up and I shook it and lo and behold, there's keys in there. So of course we don't have a combination. We call the seller. She doesn't know anything about it. 
No, has no clue. Doesn't know any codes. Didn't know that there's any keys. Nothing. <laughs> so I decided to take life into my own hands and I unwired, disassembled the light, unwired it from the side of the building, and I took it to the truck. This is why you should always have a small assortment of tools <laughs> yeah. on you at all times. Yeah. So I took it to the truck and uh, got a, gr a grinder out. And I strapped it to the, I strapped the lockbox to the back, and I cut the lockbox <laughs> open. You had a grinder. Yeah. <laughs> You don't travel with a grinder? No, I don't. I don't know. So, um, pro tip. Yeah, yeah, pro tip. Always have tools. So, uh, so I cut the lockbox open and it had keys in the property. Had keys in there. Boom, right in the property we went. We still have those keys today. And uh, we were able to go in, make an honest assessment of the house, give her an offer. And she didn't like the offer at first and she yelled at us some more and hung up on us. And uh, I just kept following up with her, kept following up, kept following up. And then she changed phone numbers and you know, moved houses, whatever, skip traced her again, and just kept, you know, being persistent. And uh, sometime in January, I think, of 2020, I just, I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna send her a contract, see what happens, see if she'll at least communicate with me. This is another ninja tip, this is another pro tip. This is a pro tip here. Pers yeah. uh, follow up, the art, art of the deal is in the follow up. Yeah, I, I've been 100%. beat. Yeah. yeah, so I just got a wild hair up my butt to send her a contract. So I sent her one, didn't hear anything back. And I was like, you know, every two weeks I'll just pop one in the mail. So eventually she's going to get either annoyed with my mail and call me and tell me to buzz off or something else happened. Well then like four months down the road, we got half of a contract back signed from her. This is the signature part. Yeah. It was like every other page came back and it was signed. Like, dang, well, all right, let's send her another one. So I overnighted one. We didn't see that one for six weeks and we got that one back all signed but no way to communicate with her. She's 80 something years old. She's, uh, you she know, speaks Mandarin, doesn't she? Yeah, she speaks Mandarin. She's, you know, uh, an immigrant from, from Asia, speaks Mandarin. Her English is terribly broken at best. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I speak fast. So I would, if she would ask me a question and I would reply, if my reply was complicated, she'd hang up on me. She didn't understand. And then this would be like a two week cycle again to get a hold of her. So, so she was never like hard to deal with or di being difficult. She just didn't understand. Didn't understand. Anybody. Yeah, there was a language barrier through the whole whole thing, language and distance and age. You know, there, it just was like this disaster. Sounds like a rough relationship, right? <laughs> so uh, the other day, we uh, it was probably within the last week we sent her an amendment because every time that we would send her a contract, she would send it back signed with the intent that she wants to sell, even with the TRID, we, you know, which is a title company document yep. to get us yeah. to closing quickly, she would send that back to us, but it was like an eight week turnaround time. So every time we sent her an amendment, by the time we got back, we had to send her another amendment again to start the process all over again, because it was so slow. So it's been in escrow for- <laughs> Oh, for, yeah, yeah, for since probably March or April of this year. Good Lord. Uh, it's been in escrow. So we were, sat down the other day and we were brainstorming and I reached out to a couple of agents that have clients that are in that you know background to see if I could come up with an interpreter that knew anything about real estate. And we pretty much struck out of where we went. Well, we were sitting in the title company's office the other day talking about this deal and lo and behold, true title is the rock stars they are. Uh, our closer Terra that we use tons. Love you Terra. Love you Terra, right? So- These uh, are on every deal too. She, uh, she's like, oh, why don't you tell me sooner? I have a friend that speaks Mandarin and she's a real estate agent. It's like, 
You Sarah, don't say. You don't say. Like, <laughs> yeah. You've obviously heard me talk about this deal, yeah. and this never came up before. So Brian says this to me all the time, where I'm like, yeah, I got that thing that'll solve the problem yeah. that we've been talking about for like a week or two. And he's like, you've had two pairs of gloves this entire time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was totally ridiculous. So Tara reached out to this real estate agent and verified that she spoke Mandarin. And we asked her if she could come in and kind of translate for us. She came in the office yesterday afternoon at 1.30 our time, 2.30 uh, the seller's time in New Jersey. And I called her up and I said, hey, this is Dusty from Pastor House. Here's what we got going on. I have somebody that is a real estate agent that also speaks, I believe, your native language. And she fired off a, a, a greeting to the agent and the agent grabbed the phone and they talked for an hour just in communication back and forth, ironing out all the bits and pieces of our deal that we were missing. So I hate to say it. So remember, uh, you guys watched Seinfeld, mm -hmm. the episode where I guess he was on the phone with somebody from Asia, and then the guy came in delivering the Chinese, Chinese food, food, and then he's like, just gets on the phone, like he's the yep. little white yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. He's like, do you mind? It's kind of an expensive call. Yeah. And we, the, there, was, there was four of us in the room, and three of the four of us, it was myself and our, our um, uh, processor, uh, Lori Kohlenhoff, a rock star. We couldn't do half the crap that we do without her. Yeah, she's cool. And uh, our, our closer, Tara. And we all would just kind of push back from the table in amazement as these two communicated back and forth in a, in a language that none of us could speak. And there would be notes passed around to us to clarify piece, bits and pieces of the information that we were missing. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, after an hour conversation, we close on Tuesday. That's, that's where I started right there. Awesome. But totally just, we have never been able to connect those dots 18 months later. 18 months. Wow. And what, it'll probably be like a, you know, probably a 35 to 40K gross spread on the back end on an easy rehab. Oh, so dusky, kiss and tell. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's just one of those things that I, I actually had to go back and rerun comps. Yeah. Because it's been so it's long. Been so long. Yeah. Well, you probably are making more money than you originally projected yeah. because the market's been yep. going up. So that's, a, that's one of those situations where it's like, holy crap, I'm actually glad it took them a year or two yeah. because I locked them in at a number and now the market's yeah, got better. So it's just better for I'd us. I anchor at you know, X and now that X is way deeper than what it was before. Yeah. yeah. But would have never, you know, I literally, we had to go back and like try to dig up photos of the property because normally we take a bunch of photos and we yeah. load them. But at that point, I had deleted them. My business partner had deleted them, and I kept like three pictures. And you know, it's of my buddy climbing the back of the the balcony and us cutting a lot. All of the incriminating photos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there is any deal out there where you could get more resourceful than that. It is ridiculous. That, yeah, that that kind of is a good summation of all things you can do. Yeah, there. This is uh, the wholesaling business is so unique, and it's ever evolving. And you could go one day and have. Like the other night we were, you guys were doing a presentation the other night yeah. and I got a lead that, that night. And I just so happened to play phone tag with her up to the point of you guys were in the middle of your presentation. She called <laughs> yeah, me Yeah. Thanks back. a lot, bro. Yeah. I saw you walking out. I was like, Oh, so she called me back and I, I had a conversation with her, told her, you know, she gave me the address cause I didn't even know the address at the time. And I said, well, I'm like right down the street. She's like, Oh, you want to come by? I mean, yeah, let's do that. So, oh, so you actually went to the appointment? Yeah, I, I locked it up that That's night. Right. And got back for you. Yeah, done. and got back for you done. So, but it, it could be so cut and dry and easy as that. Yeah, or it yeah. could be this 18 other. Months, yeah. Yeah, 18 this, minutes or 18 months. 18 months yeah. of an adventure, yeah. That's, or, that's damn true. Holy. Yeah. yeah. And we'll turn around and close on this one. We'll double close it and it'll be great, you know, a couple weeks. Yeah. So 
but it's just that's number 35 right that's yeah that's 35. Number 35. Okay. yeah that's the goal. so I, I love talking about this stuff because like i talked about earlier about the people sitting on the sideline they think these deals are just so easy to come across yeah. we send around a postcard we get a whole new round of deals and it's exactly. as easy as that yeah like we are work we we're closed the world will be closed today the first lead we got from when we opened our new business was this one was this yeah one? yes I remember like, oh my God, this is easy. <laughs> like, you send one postcard out. Just, no, we just fired out the text message. You know, we, we sent out text messages. And like the first round of 100 we sent out, we got one. We're like, holy crap. It, it really reaffirmed we made a good decision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. It wasn't always that easy. But anyway, that deal, um, it fell apart. And um, for all kinds of stupid reasons, we originally where that follow up comes in play again. We, yeah, we were originally trying to, uh, and there's lots so let me let me start over lay down deal where she responded on the first message. Usually, it takes seven to ten messages, mm -hmm. didn't even get them engagement. Yep, she responded right away. We went out there, got an offer accepted, and uh, great. Yeah, then um, we originally thought the house was gonna be vacant, it's tended to occupy, they decided to stay now. Yeah. Okay. Well, everything's changed. Um, then we changed it into uh, subject to her owner finance. Owner finance. Yep. That fell apart. Then it was just completely dead for the past what three, four months. Yeah, and it was just once every two weeks, four weeks, just saying, "Hey, how you doing? What's going Check on?" It out. Oh, and then I'm COVID. For you. And then oh, yeah. her big. She got her. She oh, lost her job because yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah. She's like, "Well, I need this for income now." Yeah. And I was like, okay. "Man, like, how about take." two three years of income and pile on now she's like no i want it monthly i was like that's that's been frustrating so but we just kept following up till the time was right and we actually got it lower 10k lower than yeah. we originally did right yep so and, yeah. the, and the equity actually the uh arv actually yeah. went up in the meantime so and then it got hung up a title yeah. there was a title issue that popped up so that was hung up for a few weeks and yeah no I closed today. Yeah, good no, job. No yeah. fault of the title company. That was a situation where they had some sort of debt taken out thirty years ago, and that company. Was it Bank of America? Or no, 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 no. I, I don't know. I remember the. Uh, so, they've been out of business for like. It was like, like, a, it was like a predatory loan company. Anyways, that business went out of business, and that they got bought another one. They just like changed that. Finally, landed with City, and they're just waiting for the release on City for the last three weeks, and finally we got it now. Yeah. So yeah, I had one in that I have in Hazelwood. And when we got, I don't know, we were a month out from closing, they they found a oh, frustrating. Uh, they found a a debt attached to the title that was from a bank that was reputable here way back when I was a kid. Is that um, the Boatman? The Boatman's bank <laughs> that was bought out and bought out and bought out and bought out, and yeah. the people had taken a home equity line out on the house, but never spent a penny of it ever. It always it showed a zero balance from the day it was out, and that hung us because they never got a lien release from it. So it took, like we had the, the title company, thank God, is awesome. And they went through and picked off every person in line that needed the, the release to then make that show yep. legitimately gone. But it was an account that they opened and never used it. They just never zoomed out the HELOC. Yeah, they never, it was always zero, but never, clo never closed, never closed the account. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they always, they always had this equity that they could pull from, but they never did, they never touched it. So it hung the deal for about a month just because of that. And did the people even know about it? No. They, they knew it was there. The gal's like, oh, yeah, I remember when my husband took that out. But yeah. they never used it for anything. It just sat there. So crazy the stuff, goes, they'll pop up and like 
the sellers will always say, like, oh, you'll got to worry about it. It's yeah. no problem. Like, no oh, problem. Let yeah. me tell you about this time and that time and this right. time. Where well, we just <laughs> we closed one a few weeks ago that she's attempted to sell it three times before us. And it always died in closing or always died at the title company because nobody took forth the effort to, to find all the, the judgments that were on the title and clear them. So the best deals done are because you stick out with the deal, you get to the bottom of things, you figure out- Yeah, because other people give up. Give up. Yeah, there was a yeah. deal, I, I won't go to the specifics of it. There was a deal where I had to find a long lost brother. Yep. And I was skip tracing everybody, like all the family members, anybody that was associated with this person, I was calling. And finally I actually got a hold of that person after like 15 times trying to call. It turned into a $40,000 wholesale deal. Yep. Yeah. Tell the story there. Wow. Yeah, so. skip trace, it's entertaining because you can, Skip trace one property, come back with a hundred phone numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then maybe the very last one that you call is the person, the yeah. owner of the property. Well, luckily of those hundred, 80 of them are going to be, right. you know, it's like, okay, done. Yeah. Mark that one off the list. I had one uh, in St. John that was like that. And the guy owned a commercial over the road trucking company and every phone number he had was associated with his business. Those guys are hard to hold up truckers. Hundreds of phone numbers. Yeah. Hundreds. And I just, I would pick off a group of like 10 a week yep. and call and text and email. Yep. And finally, one of the last blocks of 10 that I called, I got his wife. And she's like, my husband would love to talk to you. Within five minutes, he was calling me. Oh, wow. Was it any of those numbers that you had? Yeah. It was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Yeah, it was like the very, no, I didn't have his, but I had hers. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so yeah, like, no. you're trying to get hold of this guy. Yeah. The number he called you from. Was no, like, yeah. I won, one I didn't have. I was like, when I got the skip trace list, I'm just... Oh my God, I mean, I've so got to say probably nine out of the 10 direct seller deals that I've done have been from long-term follow-up. Yep. Some of the best ones. Yep, you absolutely. Know. We're doing a pretty substantial deal here. And how many how many follow-ups before you actually got hold of uh, the Touches, how many touches? The Lindbergh one? Yes. We did, um, it was a drive for dollars lead from April, beginning of April, uh, text, call, sent letters, you name it. Um, I think it was, I counted 12, but that was the text messages I saw. I didn't count all the times I tried calling call them and everything. Email and yeah. Finally got them to open up and take the call. Yeah. And I don't even know if it was that. It was actually, they just had a little bit of life happen. This house was vacant for like over 10 years. Yeah. And um, they started, uh, when I finally got a hold of me, he's like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to hang on to it or sell it. I'll let you know. They decided they're going to try go in and start cleaning it out and doing something with it. They got a stop work order. They had a dumpster uh, in there, <laughs> a dumpster in the driveway. The city shut them down. So that was enough for them to be like, all right, we don't want to do this. We don't want to mess with <laughs> so they, Do familiarity. Yeah. Get breeds credibility. So if yeah. you can just constantly follow people, make sure they know you're a serious buyer, yeah. that, you're, that you want to help them out. You're there right. for them. You're not just a, you know, a schmuck. I'm, I've you'll, got one right now that, deals. that I'm trying. I dug up the owner of the property and he's in prison. He's the only heir to the property. Is he out down bound tear? He's the president. Is he gonna visit? Here? So I've been mailing him contracts for Can the last. Can you buy a house for a guy in prison? I'm trying. I've been mailing him I'm contracts. Yeah, I already I talked to the title company, and if I get him, if he will agree to sell it, his note's like a tenth of what the house is worth. What what he owes on it's nothing, but he's in prison. And do you pack some Marlboros? Yeah, something. Contracts. I gotta get it. <laughs> so I've, been, I've been mailing contracts for a few months wow. to the penitentiary. It might take a while to get through the. He hasn't replied yet. 
uh, if he does, I'm just going to take a, I'm going to take the closer with me. We're going to do a little drive, a little day trip, and try to buy a house in prison. Awesome. Wow. All right, let's do a little lightning round here. We're, we're, I don't know what time We're over an hour. Okay. So we're, I feel good. Hey, you mean, um, I got to reply to a couple of texts, but I'm still here. No, you good? You need another drink? You good? You keep going here for a little bit? I'm good. All right. What is your favorite uh, lead source, Dustin? Oh, yeah. Um, I like driving for dollars. Yeah. I do. I, I love that driving for dollars concept. Uh, any other type of lead that I go on, whether it be SEO, you know, what whatever lead source it comes from. Probably doesn't other people on it. Yeah, I exactly. Probably doesn't other people on it. But I'll go to that 15 minutes early, and I, I'll drive before 15 minutes early, north and west, or north and east of the property. And then after my appointment, I drive south and west, mm -hmm. and I cover a pretty good block of area, yeah. and I'll tag addresses because then I'm already in the area, and then I'll skip trace and start cold calling. Use deal machine. I love it. Yes, we yeah. use deal machine. Everybody uses deal machine. Yeah. If you're not it's using nice. deal machine to drive for dollars, like if you're it's in fifty the, bucks a month, yeah. I know people that handwrite everything down and they take it back to the right. I would say if you're whatever. in the real estate investing space, you should probably get deal machine. Yes, that's. I mean, we used it um, early on during the shutdown where people weren't letting us through our houses. We just started a brand new business. We didn't have much of a pipeline. We could go out and drive an hour a day at yep. least yep. and start filling up our pipeline. And now they're really starting to come to fruition. We've got a few deals that are from Deal Machine now. So quick side story tangent here. I called a local municipality about <laughs> how long it would take to get an occupancy inspection done oh. two weeks ago. And they are now just calling me back. So if that tells you anything about occupancy inspections being behind. That same, <laughs> that same municipality, I had an inspection scheduled and they called me the day before or a couple days before. Canceling? And, yeah, canceling because their entire staff had COVID. Oh, but I'm moving my tenants in. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly staff. what I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I said, uh, hang on, I got I literally just said, I'll, I'll ask for forgiveness later on it because I wasn't going to wait another two weeks. Yeah. Cost me a whole nother month's rent and everything else for a property that they had already inspected at you the time. You understand your cost me thousands of dollars? Yeah. Local municipality? They don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't care. Just raise your taxes. You can pay for it. Uh, uh, around right. number two. What was the street address of your first deal? The street, first, you, you just give the street name. First deal that I bought or first deal I host hailed? Uh, your first deal. Uh, Paul Avenue in Florissant. Paul Avenue. 63031. Always a Fantastic. first thing. And the first one I wholesaled, that was an adventure. It was on Riverview Drive. Oh. And I went with the intent to pay $5,000 for the house. I'm like, that's as much as I can pay for this house and make money. And I walked in and I saw how disturbingly broken the house was. Yeah. And I went back to the truck, rewrote a contract for $500. You dropped a zero. <laughs> I dropped a zero off the contract. This gets better. Dropped a zero off the contract. And I sold or I bought it for 500 bucks. Turned around the next day and wholesaled it off for I think 14,000 over what I had it for nice. the next day. And then when the lady closed on the double close, she actually had to pay me $337 for me to buy the house because she hadn't paid her taxes yet. So she was, oh, you asshole. <laughs> you're, you're a dick. So she paid me 337 bucks. 
So she actually paid me to buy her house, and I turned around. But you and were sold taking it. a burden off her hand. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that until like yeah. the morning of closing, and at that point, it was too what late. What are you gonna do? Yeah. So yeah. actually, that's a good point. So a lot of times, people are like, man, you guys make a lot of money. Don't you feel bad? Sometimes you just run the deal. You run your numbers. Yeah. You run the rehab, and you're factoring basically. You're trying to make a profit of what the less realtor fees, basically. Yeah. Right. So they're gonna net the same as what you're trying right. to do here, mm-hmm. but sometimes you just freaking get lucky. Either they need to offload the house and you get it for super cheap, or you're just wrong about your numbers and wrong in a favorable way. Yeah. And sometimes you just make a lot more money, or you're just a really gangster buyer. Right. And you just, you I, know, I mean, a lot of my family and friends still don't get what wholesaling no. is. And I try to explain it. I just try. I really try to dumb it down. It's like we are providing a service. Yes. You know, we are doing the work to get in front of these people, to do negotiating so other people don't have to, or the people that don't like to. Right. A lot of the rehabbers, they don't know when to, where to start with negotiating right. with this. No idea. Um, so it's we're, it's like we're providing a service. We're paying money to put marketing out, and we know we're going to get a return on it, and this is how we do it. Yeah. Um, Heck, I even still have to explain that to my own parents Yeah. and, and my in-laws. And then, but Dustin, and then like, you're too stupid to make all this money. What are you doing? <laughs> I think my mother-in-law asked me, but she's like, well, why would they pay you? Why wouldn't they, if you're going to sell it to somebody else without doing anything, why would they pay you? Yeah, why wouldn't they just sell it to somebody else? Well, yeah, but, you're like, yeah, mother-in-law, I'm lying. I actually sell drugs. That's, why, <laughs> that's how I could afford that. The ability to connect the dots is what they don't have. We well, it's, yeah. I mean, we operate with, we're going to get in front of them and make a fair offer based on our numbers. Yep. And then... You know, and we're contracting houses that we are pers- we, we are personally going to buy. We don't really tie stuff up that we never have the intent right. uh, that we wouldn't. Purchase. That's the same similar philosophy to the company yeah. you work. Absolutely. So, um, we have the anything we tie up, we yeah. have the intent to close on us too. And then, yeah. depending what we got going on in our business, we'll put it out there. We we'll put every deal out there, market it. Um, like last Friday, we got three deals under contract over the weekend. Yeah. And That's we were cool. looking for another rental, another rehab. Yeah. One of them's got to go. So we sold off the one with that needs the most rehab. That's probably a little outside of our box. Yep. yep. Um, and that's much, how, much and outside of our box. Having, you know, with saying outside of your box, having the ability to bounce ideas off other people. Again, um, in yeah. your same network, yeah. it's huge because you did the same thing with that house. Yep. We talked about it at great length the other day. You know, like the, the mastermind we're all in, Faster House Mastermind. I've, I've told a lot of people about it and they say, yeah, I just, I can't stomach the monthly fee right now. I'm like, look, it paid for itself and your day deal. one, like right away. Like yep. the return on that has been infinite. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, the monthly payment is nothing in the grand no. scheme of things because there's other masterminds out there that will drill you for an upfront yeah. of several thousand, if not more. Yeah. yeah. And then you're paying the monthly fee on top of it. I mean, and you're getting access to a room of people that are doing what you're trying to do or they're doing a totally different business, but they have more experience and it's invaluable. Yeah, I, I'm like totally converted. So I'm a little bit of a skeptic when it comes to like seminars and like <laughs> yeah. masterminds. I think it's a big circle jerk fest and a way to take your money. I, I, I do. I mean, that's my initial gut that's reaction. Yeah, and I thought I was going to be the colorful one. No, I'm, I'm, I, well, I'm part Latino. So uh, <laughs> coming out. Yeah, exactly. One beer, buddy. So, no, I mean, like, the fa- it's Faster Freedom. It's a slightly different brand uh, than Faster House. But, um, yeah, they do a good job. Everyone up there actually has done the business. Everybody in there is doing business. And so when we per- when we first joined and we approached the group with a deal, which we now refer to as Little Debbie, it's our rental property, 
Sam was just like, buy it. Yeah, we bought 50 houses like that. Buy it. It's and good. we just like yeah. took analysis paralysis right out the window. We're just like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's go. do it, Suzanne. Suzanne's yeah. our, our money lender, faster funds. Uh, shameless plug there. Yeah. She, uh, let's go look at the house. Yeah. Looked at it. She signed off, and the rest is history. So. And we've done multiple the deals within the group now. Money. Like I've been part of other local network groups or clubs, yeah. or whatever, and was never able to do a deal within it. And 90% of the people there that were not doing deals. Well, yeah. So and first off, just, uh, up until recently, half of our income, our gross, has been be due to our relationship with, with Faster House, the Faster House yeah. brand and company. Um, whether, I mean, lending, JVing on deals, Shit. selling to, you know, Us. yeah, you guys, because they're actively buying rentals and things like that buying a rental from you guys. So like that relationship is uh, really just springboarded us to where we are right now. We couldn't have been there without yeah, so, all the I mean, If you're sitting on the sidelines, wondering where all the deals are at, like join a group like this yeah. and you know, get yeah, access to a ridiculous amount always coming out of the pipeline. Yeah. And we're not the, you know, Fast Trials isn't the only game in town, but they definitely produce a lot of good quality houses. To yeah, pick absolutely. Up. So the way we picked up Mavis, which was uh, rental property number three, I think technically in the line of rental properties from our closing. Yeah. I think North Clinton. So the way we picked that up is uh, I called you one day. That was a driving for dollars. Right? I humped your leg for one yeah. for once. And I was like, hey dude, what do you got going on in the St. John area? We're looking for a Rittner area. We're looking for our next rental. And you're like, hey, I got this one. It's a pretty sweet deal. Yada, yada, yada. Let me see. I'm, I'm about to get out of contract. And I just kept bugging you about it, right? And we had one shot. We had one yeah, shot one to show shot. it. And you yeah. you trusted us. You trusted us because you know who we are. Mm -hmm. You know we, we're looking to buy rentals. You're familiar. I mean, we could be and friends. It fits, your, it fits your buy box, yeah. too. But we can Check be friends all day long. But if you don't show that you're putting effort into it, like, yeah. would you, like if you had a friend that was like, hey, I think I want to buy a rental property, what do you think? And you're like, would you bring him to Mavis? Would you yeah. run? No, exactly. So. Well, it's like you said, if we talked about it earlier, you're going to put a deal on a contract with somebody in mind, like, yeah. Jake had been in your ear, you, you're like, oh. And it gave him, and it gave him so. confidence to buy it, too. Yeah. 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 And we, we bounce ideas off each other all the time, too. Yeah. You know, whether it be, we're not necessarily, we don't necessarily compete against each other, but we'll definitely pick each other's brains on stuff. Yeah, yeah like, I, I like Dusty or, or him, to, me to him, with the, hey, dude, do you have a house on the street? <laughs> Check real quick before <laughs> yeah. I talk to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't compete. Yeah. We definitely. We've been in Berlin and competed brains. on a couple of deals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I lost my ass on the road. <laughs> Oh yeah. shit! King's Highway. Yeah, that was that was a big one, man. Yeah, that was a big one. That was like the king of deals. Yeah, it was. I got beat. Art, art of the deals in the follow up there. That was hey, all follow up. Don't there. feel so bad because Brian he did create a big meaty spread after holding costs eating into the deal. Yeah, yeah the extra strategy was not executed very <laughs> great. So we still made good money, but it could have been should have been a lot better. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was one of those big, unique properties you got to pick, though. Like, that was like retirement money level. Yeah. <laughs> Not retirement, but yeah. you, know, you definitely have to. Good for the year. Those are the risky ones that you got to know who your exit is on the backside or you're going to sit on for a while. Well, how about uh, yeah. how about the one that you and I were? Got to price it right so you're not putting investors out of the competition. Yeah. And yeah. More, more of that. Mm -hmm. Well, we just uh, found out one of the ones that you and I were competing on a couple of years ago in Central West End. Someone else picked up about oh, 100, 150 grand more than what we were, we were going to offer for. So yeah. good luck to you guys yeah. on that house. I understand where you're coming with that uh, ARV. Yeah. No, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You, sent, you emailed me that the other day. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, Sometimes you see a smokes. sale and a cop come along, you're just like, what? You can't figure out who or why they bought that? Hey, and 
yeah, I, I know where I was and I know where you were. And we were within a few thousand dollars of each other in the grand scheme of things. And the next person in line, I remember getting the email and the guy said, you're a hundred thousand or more off yeah. from, from where the top is. Hey, good for you. All right. Take it. Cool. Yeah. Not hurt my feelings. Not doing it. And uh, we just saw it be shopped out there the other day. It's 149,000 over what either one of us have even offered a house. So like that's insane. If anybody's thinking about selling a house though, and they're listening to this, just beware if somebody says, yeah, I'll beat your offer. I'll beat the highest offer. They're a hundred K in this case, it's because that house was an ARB like 500,000. Yeah, so it was a unique house. That's, that's a different story. But if someone's like 10, 15 K above everybody else's offer, they're probably gonna lock you up and then they're gonna drop the price back down or below yep. where- A couple yep. days before closing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not show up, yep. so just be careful. I mean, we had a deal earlier this summer. We, we told the seller exactly that. And um, it happened exactly the way we told her. This was the one on Cathedral, right? Sorry about that. So we, she had a higher offer. Cathedral, yes. Um, like 10 grand higher. Yeah. And we explained like, look, I could tell you we could do that, but this is our number. I know I feel confident about yeah, it. I'm a guarantee here. Right. I, I don't want to tell you that. Then we have to do inspections and it's going to end up coming back down to where we really need to be anyway. Yeah. And, uh, so I would just look over your offer, see what kind of, you know, what kind of contingencies are in there. You call and, it weasel clauses, don't you? <laughs> and just, just trust your buyer. Um, and I, I'll tell them, you know, if somebody's crushing me on an offer, I say, if it's a one page contract or whatnot, you know, I urge this, the sellers to sit down with a highlighter and go through the contract and every phrase or word that they A, either don't understand or B, makes them uncomfortable, highlight it. And generally they call me back the same. The whole page is yellow. There's a reason for that, because it was designed to work against you, not for you. Yeah, it, so it can be one-sided for sure. Yeah, all protections for the buyers, not for the sellers. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, whoever, if they choose to do business with you, they have to feel like they know you, and they like you, and they trust you. Yeah, and trust. Number one thing. Yeah, trust is number one. Exactly. Well, man, uh, how about a couple more lightning round questions? We'll start to put a bow on this thing here. So. Yeah. Sure. Got to say me. So we did favorite lead source, uh, your first deal. What's uh how about biggest loss? Oof, Alamania. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, I bought a house at man, a quarter of the after renovation value, and I still lost some. We had a foundation company come in and give us uh, had had foundation work already done. So but, real quick, yeah. you, you say you bought 25% ARV, right? Yes, 25% ARV. Yeah. Wow. I'm still lost on it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, had a foundation company come in. They, uh, uh, the same company that had already done the previous work, they gave us a, a sense of security, like uh, absolutely, you remember this. Yeah. Uh, gave me, you know, a printout of what they wanted to do to rectify the problem that was there. All was good. So we went ahead. We had a foundation contingency on it. We closed. We got... Uh, the report back from the company that had fixed the foundation, all was good. So we went, we closed on it, we transferred the lifetime warranty that is like, uh, I feel like uh, the backside was a Tommy boy. I'll take a crap in a box and write a guarantee, but <laughs> no, you guys guaranteed shit. Piece I, of shit I could never remember that line. Dude, I'm always just, looking for it. <laughs> and uh, literally the day we closed on it, we got the tire, the uh, warranty transfer all done. Yeah. We called the company back out to do the work that they told us they would do. And they said, well, this, we're not doing that anymore. This foundation is too far gone now. We're, we're not doing it. And we're like, wait, you, you gave us this 
this quote and this warranty. Yeah, but now the foundation's beyond repair. That was two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was like two or three weeks, within two or three weeks. I've changed. And uh, they said it's beyond repair. So now I had this house that is basically a teardown. Yeah. In a in South City on a double city lot with a two car garage, and it was a really neat house, but the foundation was just toast. And we were under the impression from the company, so I think the quote was like seventy five hundred bucks to repair it, and then we had to pour a new basement floor. And uh, Jesus, was nothing exciting from what we were told. Yeah. And uh, when we came back and tried to get the work done, so that way we could wholesale it with a clean foundation, they said they weren't going to do it. So you took an L. Oh, yeah, I took a bath on that one. Yeah, took a bath on that. That was my biggest loss. And it, it was a very reputable company in St. Louis. They're all over TV, media, everything else. Mm. And uh, they totally did not stand behind their work, that's for sure. So. Well, let's end it on a positive. What about the biggest win? Well, uh, go ahead and profit or just maybe I bought one from a fellow down at High Ridge. We called him the Brotato. He was like a, <laughs> he was like the stereotypical surf boy, surfer boy that ended up in the central United States in the middle of a country. And uh, he, yeah, he got a house gifted to him and uh, through a, um, a a program, he got a house gifted to him and he lived in it for five years and just absolutely destroyed this house and we bought it and you know we bought it at a number that he he wanted x and i wanted to pay this we met in the middle and all was good and we turned around and wholesaled it for a, just a gnarly profit gnarly. on a house that gnarly bro take yeah. it yeah <laughs> exactly but when we got there it, my my significant other was there with me and she was going to represent him as a buyer as a buying agent to find him a new house and even her interaction with him was like I can't even tolerate this guy to be his agent to make money. I can't do it. <laughs> so she passed the buck on to somebody else to be the agent because she just wasn't going to tolerate him. It yeah. was ridiculous. But it was one of those circumstances that the guy had a rough past, got a house, a really nice house gifted to him, and then he was still that rough person and destroyed the house. That happens a lot. And uh, then didn't know what to do with it. But he kept it one day longer than his required amount or he'd have to pay it back. So he was it was like a ticking time bomb in his hands that he knew that as soon as this date and time hit, he could sell it and take all the profits and go somewhere else. Damn. And that's what he did. You that all on and just yep. crashed it all along the way. Wow. Screwed it up. And knowing that he had $150,000 coming his way on the back end wow. on a minimum. Yeah, it's privilege. It's yeah. almost it was, uh, maniacal. It was ridiculous. Yeah, mastermind there. Ridiculous. So. But it was interesting. And the dude was a, he was a character where I called him the Brotato. Just, he just, Lifted weights and smoked pot all day. That's all he did. Sat in his house, played Xbox. Trust my baby? Yeah. Nah. Then we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, all right. We'll leave it at that. Um, well, what, I have one last one for you. Biggest lesson learned in your short but prolific career here? Uh, build, build a rental that somebody wants to live in, not has to live in. Yeah. And the other one is follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Because those more. deals will slip through the cracks. Yeah. And you'll miss it by maybe a day or an hour. And somebody else is right there behind you trying to pick it up. Absolutely. So those are my two big takeaways that I've learned. Love it. All right. Yeah. And take it. action. So those are my three. Okay. Three. Yeah. That's standard. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks. Thanks. Brian, Brian, I, Brian and I have a have to go next door and uh, yeah, we have a ping pong game. And a ping pong tournament. Yep. And you gotta go to work. Thanks. Yeah, I gotta go back to work.